Well, greetings and welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes. And we are finally back together after being away for quite a while. And just so good to be back and sharing from God's Word with you. Let me also just on a personal note say thank you so much for the prayers. And thank you so much for just being here again with me today. But now, as we find ourselves back together, we find ourselves back in this series that we're calling The Race That Is the Christian Life. And you remember that we're taking this series out of Hebrews chapter 12 and the first four verses of that chapter. And what we're finding in this text is the Christian life is referred to as a race. And as we've begun to look into the text, the first thing that has been revealed is the Christian life is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And so we see this at the end of verse number one, when the author of Hebrews writes, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now remember this, but the word race, an interesting word in the text, it is a word that speaks of a long, hard race. And like a marathon, our lives as Christians can be hard at times. And so that's the first thing that we pulled out of the text when we were together some time back. But then there's been a second item that you remember that we've discovered regarding the Christian life when it's spoken of as a race. And you remember that the author of Hebrews speaks also of the witnesses in regard to this race called the Christian life. And again, reading back in verse number one, we read, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And it's a great part of the text, but you remember that the witnesses spoken of here are those that have already lived the Christian life or are presently living this life out around you and me. And what this speaks of is how you and I, we have Christians that we can look at and how they have testified or are presently testifying as to how to live this Christian life out. And as we look at them, then their witness helps us as we run this long and again, sometimes hard race, again, the Christian life. And again, what an encouragement the witnesses are for us. But now, with that said, we just continue to move on in the text. And what we're going to do is we're going to remain today in verse number one. And as we continue just to dig again into the scripture before us, what we will see today is for the Christian to successfully live out the Christian life, to successfully run this race, the Christian has to what we're going to call run light. I mean, you can't run weighted down if you're going to live out the Christian life. But now you ask, okay, so what does this mean to run light? Well, the answer, it's right before us. It's found in the text. And so let me bring out this wonderful truth. Again, as we look, Hebrews chapter 12, remaining in verse number one again today, as we spend time in God's word. Here's point number three. Point number three, just write it down this way. Running light. Running light. Again, we see this point in verse number one. Again, verse number one. But let me read where we see this particular point called running light. Starting again at verse number one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now here it is. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin 
which clings so closely. Now stop right there. That little phrase there at the midpoint of that verse, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. That is what we are going to spend our time looking at this morning. But again, that's right there in the middle of the verse. When illustrating a runner in the race, the author says the runner needs to run light. And again, you see how he says it, lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin which clings so closely. But now, understand this, any runner in a race to be successful has to run light. (laughs) You got to run light. And when I say this, let me just go back to some memories of my daughter, Megan, when she ran track. She ran track in high school, she ran track in, in college. Let me just describe something that I remember seeing when I'd go watch her run. But Pam and I, we'd pack up, we'd go, we'd go to these meets, and here would be Megan, she's getting ready to run. But before she would get ready to run, you should have seen how she was all attired. I mean, she would either have a a sweatshirt on, or she would have a sweat jacket on, or she'd also have sweatpants on. And she'd be carrying a big gym bag, and she'd be out there on, you know, in the middle of the track where all the other runners were, were getting ready. You look at her and you'd say, boy, she's just weighed down. And also, you, of course, you'd look at her and say, she can't run like that, not be successful. But then, you know, as she would make her way to the track and she would make her way to the blocks, just before the race was to begin, what would she begin to do? She would always do this. She would begin to discard all of the heavy material that she was wearing. The, the sweatshirt or the sweat jacket would come off, thrown over to the side. Then the sweatpants would come off and what? Thrown over to the side. And that big gym bag, of course, that was, that was thrown over to the side. And there she would be. She'd be standing there. What would she have on? Lightweight shirt, lightweight shorts. The shoes, unbelievably light. You could pick them up and you would say, am I even holding anything in my hand? I mean, they were so lightweight. But she went up there all bundled up and weighted down. But then when the race was ready to begin... She was ready to run what? Light. And understand this, no runner can run a race weighted down and expect to win. I mean, you've got to run light. You've got to discard anything and everything that's going to weigh you down. And again, this is what the author here is saying. But now, let's just look back at the text and let me start to break some things out of here or bring some things out of here and break this down. But you look back at where the author in verse number one says this. He says, let us also lay aside every weight. Now I want to stop right there and just a few words that I want to bring out from that little phrase. First of all, those two words lay aside simply means to get rid of. That's what that means. It means to put something aside. That's all that means. But then also you see the word every. This is simple. The word every means what? It means every. That's what the word means. But then you look at the word weight. In the Greek text, it is the word agkos. And the word speaks of an impediment. The word speaks of a mass. It speaks of something that can get in your way. That's what that speaks of. And so right here, the author is saying, so listen, if you want to run the Christian life and you want to run it to win, if you want to run it to honor God and you want to run it so that you can come closer to God and you want to run it so that you can reveal God to others through your life, then there's something you need to do. You need to throw something off. You need to get rid of something. The way he says it, you need to get rid of every impediment. Anything that's getting in your way, that's weighing you down, that's what you need to do. 
And you ask, okay, so what's all that about? What is the author talking about here? Can we get specific? Well, let me just start to answer that question by saying that the easy answer here would be it's sin. The author's simply saying just lay down all the sin and then you can run this race effectively, which makes perfect sense, right? I mean, also you, you, you see, by the way, in this particular phrase that we're looking at, he does bring up sin, doesn't he? He does say, lay us, or let us also lay aside every weight and sin. And so he, he does bring up sin, but sin would be the simple answer here. But with that said, let me say this. This first part of the text that we're looking at and this phrase that we have before us right here, let us also lay aside every weight. Let me say this. That forces us to get a little deeper. We can't just say sin overall. There's detail here that I want to bring out. And so let's look at the detail. But again, to answer the question, you know, what is the weight that could be spoken of here? You know how we understand this? We understand this by understanding the context. We need to remember the audience. Context and audience. So what do we need to remember? Remember this. Remember that this Jewish audience, and there was, that there was something that was weighing them down. There was something that was an impediment There was something in their way that was keeping them from having a right relationship with God. And you ask the question, well, what was it? The answer is this. Understand this. Both the saved Jews and the lost Jews in this group of Hebrews, they were not willing to, now remember, they were not willing to throw off, they were not willing to set aside what? The rituals. They weren't willing to set aside the ceremonies of the what? The Old Covenant. Both the groups, saved and lost, had that in common. They both held on to that stuff. And again, they held on to the rituals out of the fear of what? Being ostracized, persecuted. And understand this, but for the saved group of Hebrews, holding on to the rituals kept them from truly and completely running the race, the Christian life. I mean, there there wasn't that true and complete commitment toward God. They were missing out on the blessings. They were missing out on the rewards. They were saved, but they were holding back, weren't they? They were holding on to the rituals and they were not truly experiencing the full-blown relationship that could have been theirs with God at that moment. Simply because they were trusting in something more than God and it was what? Rituals. Still, even though they had given their lives, come to faith in Jesus. But then for the lost group, holding on to the rituals truly kept them coming from Messiah. And again, kept them from coming to eternal life. And again, for this lost group, they were simply trusting in the rituals more than they were trusting in God. And so, yes, they were truly missing out on the relationship with God as well. And so if you want to stick to the context and you want to keep in mind the audience, then that's what makes sense when he says you got to lay the weight aside. The weight being the rituals. The weight being the ceremonies. Drop them, he says, and live for God, truly come into that relationship with Him, and truly just trust God. Stop the... stop. This is what he says. Stop trusting the rituals. They're not going to get you closer to God. But now with that said, and that understanding of it, you might want to ask the question, well, how does that apply to me? How does this speak to me? I mean, I can see how this would be written for that specific audience at that specific time, but how does this apply to me? I mean, again, we can see what the weight is in the context. But again, how does it apply to me? What's the weight that I need to throw off so that I can better run the Christian life and I can grow in my relationship with God? What's my weight? But let me answer that by saying this. I really believe, I think the answer 
is the same answer that the author is stating here for his Hebrew audience. And you ask, well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is we need to, as a church, we need to, as Christians, we need to lay aside the rituals and the ceremonies as well because they can get in our way. And you ask again, what do you mean by that? Rituals and ceremonies. I don't see myself doing that. What are you talking about? Well, what I mean by that is this. It it is very easy for one of God's children, Christian, to have the mindset that going through the motions can somehow draw God closer to you and somehow cause God to love you more. And again, you ask, what do you mean the motions? Going through the motions, God will love me more if I do this, this, and this. Well, understand this. What I mean by that is some of God's children, and again, Christians have the belief that if you just go to church, God will love you more. I got to go to church today. If I don't, God won't love me. I got to give my funds to the ministry of the church in order for God to love me more. I got to read my Bible so that God will love me more. That's what I mean by the motions. We could even bring in the term ceremonies and rituals at that point, couldn't we? If you're doing it for that reason, just call it a ritual. But now listen to this, but God, and don't ever miss this. Don't understand, please understand this. God can't love you any more than He already does. If you think you can do something and then say, oh, and God will love me more? No, no, no. God can't love you any more than He already does. I mean, there is nothing that you can do to make God love you more. Understand this, God loves you because of who He is. He loves you simply because He's God. Love is His character. But again, understand that going to church and reading your Bible and giving your money to the ministries of the church cannot cause God to love you more. Yet there are those in the family of God who believe that. And so that can be a weight. That can be something that can get in the way of the relationship, living with this fear, really, and that's what it is. It's a fear that you've got to do this stuff in order for God to love you more. That couldn't be further from the truth. And then you say, well, then are you saying I shouldn't go to church? Are you saying I shouldn't read my Bible? Are you saying that I shouldn't give to the ministries of the church? The answer to that is no, that's not what I'm saying at all. You should. Yet understand this, and that is going to church and spending time in the Word of God and giving your funds to the ministries of the church, all of that is a result of your love for God. That's what that is. That's the outflow. Your love for God causes you to respond in those ways. That's what that is. And so, I mean, you you go to church because you love God and you want to be with others in God's family. And you want the the corporate worship setting. You give your funds to the ministry of the church because you love God and you want to see the growth of His kingdom. You, You want to see the ministries of the church impacting the community and the world in the name of Christ. That's why you give. You read from God's Word not to score bonus points with God. You don't do it for that reason but you do it for out of love, for what He has to say to you. I mean, you just cannot wait to get into the Word because you know that in the Word He'll direct you. You know in the Word He'll encourage you. You know in the Word He will speak of His character and reveal more of Himself to you. And you you go to the Word not to score bonus points and say, God, I'm doing this, now love me more. You're in the Word because you want to be there. And so this is what this is all about here in this part of the text. The author is saying, he's saying, lay aside the weight. Or again, we could say the ceremonies, the rituals. But then again, for us, 
so that we uh, again understand this, this, this part of the text, this part of God's word is saying, lay aside the mindset that says you have to go through the motions in order to gain God's love. And again, I just repeat myself, but God cannot love you any more than he already does. So lay aside the weight of the rituals and live in the relationship with God. So once again, we are told in scripture that we're to run this race called the Christian life. And as we do, we are to run light, dropping the weight, which can speak of dropping the idea that we think we need to immerse ourselves in ceremonies or we need to immerse ourselves in rituals in order for God to love us. When in fact, he cannot love us any more than he already does. I mean, just a great truth from God's word. Now, the next time we come back together, we're going to continue to look at this text out of Hebrews 4 in the first four verses, and we're going to continue to look at this race that is the Christian life. And I so look forward to taking you back to it. But now, until then, may your day be blessed. May you live for God. May you come to know him more, grow in that relationship with him. And again, I so look forward to being back with you as we spend time in God's Word.